0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to Mothers of Multifamily. It is Monday, and it is my favorite day. And I have such an amazing, beautiful, and oh my goodness, she is so talented. This woman, Sandhya Sisadri, welcome to Mothers of Multifamily. So excited to be here, Pili. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, thank you so much for coming on. So, Sandhya is a Dallas has been a Dallas resident for almost 30 years she's worked at texas instruments for over 14 years in various technical marketing and management roles roles with revenues in excess of 80 million dollars and budgets of 28 million dollars so if you didn't think that she could she knows his number she does during her time at SNU, acquiring her mba in 99 Sandia began investing in the stock market and built a portfolio that allowed her to retire quote, quote early from her corporate career. She currently resides with her husband and two children in Richardson, Texas, and they enjoy family vacations and so much family time. Oh my goodness. She currently serves on the diversity advisory board for Plano ISD and is on the board of directors for the Richardson Y N C A, excuse me. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. Glad to be here. (laughs) This is such an exciting group,
1: and I love talking about all the challenges we have and the excitement
0: of being a mom and still balancing work and life. Isn't it amazing? So, following what you just said, I'm going to ask my one question. Mm -hmm. How do you do it? How do you raise your children and provide a secure home and do all the things that women and mothers do and still manage to manage such a large portfolio. And I didn't even mention your portfolio. It's over 3,000 doors, folks. How do you do it?
1: I think that for everyone, that answer is different. But for me, it's a matter of prioritizing what's the number one thing, whether it's my children, my family, they come first, and then my business. And so one of the things I do is look at the schedules for everyone Mm-hmm. And for me, now I have school age children. So when they are in school, that's my time to do my work. So my nine to two is sort of my time window to do everything I need to do for business. So especially visiting properties, doing asset management, all my property management calls, all of those things I schedule these times When I know my work is at its peak in terms of mental capacity, I'm really alert and awake, you know, between 9 and 2 in the morning, Mm -hmm. right, the afternoon, those are my best times when my kids won't be here to distract me. So that I can be fully present when my kids come home from school. When I have to take them to activities, I want to have conversations with them during those short drives, because sometimes that's when they really talk to you. And I don't want to miss out on that. So. My calendar is my biggest way to make sure I balance both. And so within that, even though I have a portfolio of $3,000, I'm only active in three of those deals. Everything else is a passive cash flow where I don't really have to go and do a lot of things actively myself. And so within those three deals, they were not all acquired at the same time. One was in February of last year, and then it stabilized. Then another one was in August, and then the last one was in October. Because we want to we close that loan in October, so that my November and December, which is my holiday months are available for my family, so I actually don't do any deals between mid November to the end of December. So I don't start underwriting deals in say late October early November, because I know that the holidays are the time that I really value with my family. And so I start over again now, like January, I'm actively underwriting deals now while my kids are in school. So that's a big one for me. So you kind of have to define your boundaries. So what do you want to do in terms of your family time versus your work goal or business goal, right? I want to acquire this many properties within this time frame, which amount to this much in cash flow. We have a very specific and measurable goal and say, is that realistic? If I want to acquire 3,000 doors and actively manage all 3,000 of them, that's going to be a lot of work on my part. So I definitely need partners, and I need to define my roles, right, as an example. Three properties, each of my three properties, I have other partners who can cover for me. So if we had an emergency over the holidays, we know who's going to cover what. So that, once again, you can take your family, like you go to Hawaii, right? Mm -hmm. You can do that without having to be on call because there was a tornado in Texas, right? Your apartment could have gotten hit. So just so think about
0: that. You've given us so much value right, right now. Let's let's compartmentalize it for for our listeners. So let's go back a little bit. So you're just right now you're talking about partnerships and how key the right partnerships are. So let's delve into a little bit about partnerships. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about how you found your partner and how that allows you to have the freedom that you do. So my partners I found
1: because I'm part of a mentoring group. So I already know that we are within a framework of how we underwrite deals. We know that we use the same system. We agree on the same numbers. We write the underwrite the deals the same conservative way, for example. So business-wise, in terms of numbers, we're on the same page. So we already have that going for us as part of the same group. But then because we're part of a mentoring group, we meet on a regular basis for various events. So you get to know these people. You get to know their values. So not just Facebook friends, but you meet them in person. You get to know their families, things like that. Are you comfortable doing business with this person? That's a very big piece of it. And then are you all of complementary skills? So, for example, my, one of my partners is an insurance agent by profession. So he's really good at reading the fine print and all those, those kind of mm-hmm. details. I'm a numbers person. I like underwriting deals, and I'm the one based in Dallas where we find the deals. So I'm sort of the broker relationships, finding the deals, and boots on the ground. We have another person who's very well connected to many high net worth individuals. So he's usually our primary capital raiser, even though we all do our part. So you find people with complementary strengths, but you also want to make sure your values and their
0: values tie, and you can connect with them. Um, I think that's the way to find the partner, the ideal partner. That is amazing information on finding the right partner. It's, I mean, you hit all the key points. I mean, finding somebody with complementary skills, you don't want to find the person, like you don't want two numbers people. I mean, it's great that everybody can do the numbers, but if you, if you know that that is your skill and key into this folks, ladies, you have to know what you're good at in order to get to this point. So figure out what you're good at and delve in and find those partners. So let me know this, why don't you just do it alone? Again, I wanna have my family time and I can't have my family time
1: and relax on a beach in Hawaii like you if I'm gonna be the one who's called, being called by the property manager. Like we have several CapEx projects going on right now. We're remodeling the office and things like that. I don't want to be on call if I'm on vacation. And it really helps to have at least one other partner as a sounding board, a second pair of eyes, looking at the same thing, because you see things differently with different viewpoints, even though if you're still staring at the same page or the same email, you know, the perspective you get from another person is very valuable. Also, I hate to say this, but if I get hit by a bus, it's nice to have another person somewhere else who can come in until I'm, you know, all. Conscious and come and come out of the hospital and can be sane again. So, for the sake of your passive investors who've invested their hard-earned money, this is their college education for their child. This is their retirement fund. You want to be kind of responsible that way. So, I really think it's important to have at least one partner in your deal.
0: And that if it's sealed,
1: you can still make the cash flow work for you.
0: See, that makes so much sense, and I don't think I've ever heard somebody put it that way. That because of your fiduciary duty to your investors you should have partners you should have partners that know the entire deal like you do so in case something should happen to you they're still taken care of their investment is still sound because if you are the only person on board and you disappear what happens to their investment so that that makes sense. sense
1: All the passive investors would have to take over they don't really know how to manage an asset and you don't
0: want to deal with that mess <laughs> so, so let's deep let's dive even deeper into something else that you just said and i my mm-hmm. mindset is exactly like yours i i live my life by my calendar yes there's some deviation but not very much because within that system mm-hmm. i have my creativity so yes. tell us a little bit about how you came to discover that about yourself and why you live your life by your calendar
1: so I think right from childhood, it was a habit of mine that I love to sleep in in the morning and get up as late as I could and still make it to school on time. <laughs> I would pack everything and plan ahead the night before from my clothes to my backpack to everything else. And so that sort of I think naturally led into schedules being so important. Uh, To plan and maximize my day. So even for my weekends, I have a schedule. I have it as family time as a big block, but I also have my errands or whatever else I'm going to do or my date night or uh, maybe there is an actual meetup I'm going to go to and so I'm going to make sure my kids are occupied in something else so I don't miss out on their time. And my job at Texas Instruments, even though it was very technical for a while, and ultimately when I took over a program, it was all about managing master schedules. We had a team in Israel, we had a team in India, a team in Taiwan, and then the local Dallas team. So master schedules and putting that together is sort of what the companies paid me the big bucks for, so to speak, so it's just been a part of me. And it's the way I use, so you kind of have to use whatever is your biggest strength mm-hmm. to live the rest of your life and master the rest. So some people are very creative, and so they might need someone like me to help master their schedule,
0: right? Well, but I'm just going to ask you that. up with new ideas? What would you say to mothers? Because I, I am not naturally prone to using a schedule. I had to learn. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn that I need these rules and regulations because I'm naturally a more creative kind of like, uh, free spirit, let's do everything kind of person. I needed that schedule. I needed to learn how to time-block and I needed to go forward that way. So what would you say to women out there who don't have that natural ability for scheduling? How can they get into it? And how can they use this to really, really up-level their life? The biggest motivation I think is
1: to say, I can have it all in terms of time with my family and time for my business. And the only way to do that is by knowing when certain blocks of time are available to you for your business versus times that you have to spend with your family. For example, my children are school age and they're older now, so we have things like band concerts or sporting events that we can't afford to miss. So automatically that goes into the family calendar. And it's good to have at least one weekly family meeting when your kids are that age where they can be i mean if they're under five i mean this is more of a little kids thing parents are still the master schedulers but when your kids get older you naturally come and say oh what's happening this week for you and they tell you and you put that all in there into this master family calendar and you color code it so you know what events of your kids you can't miss But where are those opportunities for you when they're in class or when they're otherwise occupied for you to go in there and say, is this the time that I'm at my peak mental state to focus on things like underwriting and business versus, well, this is an evening. They're out at a party and I don't really feel like doing my work. Okay, let me get other chores done. Let me put some music in the background while I take care of mundane tasks because I'm not as mentally alert. I may be sipping a glass of wine or whatever it is. I know you don't drink alcohol.
0: (laughs) Well, no, that makes sense because then, you know, like you want, because it's the same way for me. My prime hours are from Mm. nine when I drop off my kids to about two, because I pick up my kids around two, uh, 20. So Mm -hmm. I like that hour buffer before Mm -hmm. I pick up my children to pick up the house, make sure everything's clean, get any last minute things done. But I give myself that time. It's actually time blocked in my Mm -hmm. schedule, free time. Yeah, and that free time can be used for any extra work maybe that comes up or some, something I'd have to play, plan for the kids. So it's, it can be done, ladies. All you ladies that are listening out there, mothers, it can be done. You can be the utmost utmost mother to your children and still be able to create something like an empire, like, like our guest has created, like Sandia has created, and oh. still be a mother. It's amazing. Let's dive a little bit deep, more deeper into your past. So how, how did you decide to go into large multifamily? How did your investment journey begin starting back in 99, as you, as you put, while you were still getting your master's? So as I got my MBA, I got the financial education and
1: confidence to start investing in the stock market. And I started out with options because I didn't have huge amounts of cash back then. So as I built my cash portfolio over some time and then started having children, I realized, oh, I could do this full time and make all the money I wanted while still being home with my child instead of putting them in daycares or nannies who, because my children, my second child especially had special needs, so I couldn't just leave them somewhere and go. So it was important that I stay home with them. So I was able to find that. But at, I only discovered multifamily about a year and a half ago. And what brought that to light was when President Trump took over and he. I figured out that he pays zero taxes. And a friend told me about how every rich person I know is in real estate and you can save on taxes by having real estate or a business. That's what got me interested. And then I found leads through a friend for some passive investments and hard money lending types of investments. And I did those and discovered that buying multifamily is a really great way to go because I don't have to manage individual tenants buying houses. And I learned about forced appreciation. So those are the two things that really, you know, struck home because the last thing I wanted was somebody to call me on Thanksgiving day because, you know, they're, toilet they had a leak, you know, <laughs> something was broken. And that was my fear of doing single family rentals. So when I heard, oh, there's a property manager on site, you scale up, you afford at least 100 units and up, you can have a property manager, a leasing manager on site and a maintenance person. So I'm not the one getting those phone calls. So that's what motivated me to look into multifamily. And because I was based in Dallas, I joined a Dallas based syndication group. And uh, since then, it's been fantastic
0: wow i mean that's a fantastic story and i love your journey you started passively you learned about what you're doing you got on the gp side went from there and then now you're managing your own assets what an incredible journey from being in a nine to five in a strictly tech area to to really diving deep and starting starting your investing journey so early and knowing that that was how you were going to have the freedom to stay home with your kids. So my mommy's out there, it can be done. You're saying like, I, I hear too many stories of mothers who are just like, well, I, I have to put my children in daycare, I have to do it this way. You don't, you, there are other ways. You just have to make the choice to choose that other way. Yes, we all have difficulties and things that are happening in our life but the first thing you have to do is make that choice. And I think, I think you agree with, the, with me on this, no? Yep, totally agree with you. And one other thing
1: I wanted to point out is back when I was growing up, I was, grew up in India, but I wanted to move to the US like everyone else. It was a dream. And my parents were highly educated in the medical field and they made $75 per month. Oh. I applied to a university here where the tuition was $20,000 a year, Wow! Southern Methodist University in Dallas. And so the only way to do that is to get a scholarship, which is what I had to get. So that was a turning point when I realized how badly I wanted to come to the U.S., that I applied myself and did extremely well in some standardized test scores and uh, got good grades. And that gave me a full scholarship to come here. And so we managed to borrow money and stuff to afford that plane ticket to come here. And thank you. The rest thank you for that story. Yeah.
0: Thank you for that so, story.
1: You know, from $75 a month is my parents' annual salary to 20K a year in college. You know, the impossible dream is possible. You just have to find that little way. Like, if you want to fly first class on every flight, how are you going to do it? No. Either you have to pay for it, or you have to have upgrades, or maybe you're that airline employee who can get those upgraded seats for a fraction of the cost, right?
0: So there's always a way to do it. You just have to look for it if you want it badly enough. I love what you just said, making the impossible dream possible. I mean, and I'm going to repeat what you just said, ladies. She went from parents having $75 a month. I mean, really, just think about that. Even mm-hmm. even if it was back in the early 90s, 80s, mm-hmm. I'm not even sure. Like, that $75 a month to a $20,000 scholarship. I mean, mm-hmm. it can be done. I mean, you are you are the like the epitome of of making your dreams come true. So thank you for sharing that story because that that is what our listeners need to hear. That's what ladies and gents, everybody that's listening know that it can be done. Know that it can be done. So thank you. Thank you Sundaya. Thank you for yeah coming on and sharing your story and being here with me. Before I let you go, is there one other thing that you can tell my listeners about following their dreams? Have the dream and a
1: vision board and write the baby steps to get there. An action plan for your dream to get there, so measure yourself at least once a month towards that one year or two year target, whatever that might be, and say, what is the one thing I'm going to do to get there this month? And do only that for the next 30 days. That really helps me hone in on one thing. I'm gonna become an expert at underwriting. So every day I'm gonna underwrite a deal, for example, till I know
0: the ins and outs of using that spreadsheet. As an example. I love it, set your goal and become Mm -hmm. the master of that goal. That's amazing. And if any of my listeners want to find you, speak to you, learn more about you, how can they find you? I have a website, multifamily4you.com.
1: And they can put in their name there and contact me. I have a passive investor checklist. I can mail them as well if they're interested in knowing what it's like to invest in multifamily and what to look for in a sponsor.
0: So multifamily4, the number 4, you. YOU.com. well thank you so much for coming on and thank you everybody out there for listening i am so grateful have a great day and i'll talk to you later bye now bye thank you for the opportunity